This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace, Frederick, Dane, Mizutani. Talking Vikings defense now. Uh, we previewed the offense in Tuesday's episode. Go ahead and check that out. Now, obviously, that might need an addendum because that didn't have Jalen Rieger in it. Uh, that's going to be a game changer. <laughs> but the defense kind of still stands. Um and we're looking at what we expect out of this group that, frankly, was horrible a year ago. And as much as people want to talk about, you know, like Kirk Cousins and his ineffectiveness, um, the coaching, it, the the fact of the matter was this defense was horrific. Um, and that was kind of the reason that this team didn't stand a chance. Um, I don't there. It's tough to say like that. There is a whole lot that that's changed, Dane, right? Like it's Zadarius Smith and who else? Like what makes you feel different? Zadarius Smith and scheme. What yeah. else stands out to you as like changes where you think this defense can improve? Nothing. Nothing stands out because it, it's it's really you're just changing up from a 4-3 and a 3-4. And that's a little overgrown because they're going to be a nickel a lot of the time anyway. Yeah, like right. a lot of NFL teams just go nickel three corners all the time. Um, but the 3-4 scheme, I guess the biggest change is like to dumb it down to the like most basic form is now Daniel Hunter is going to be rushing standing up rather than with his, with his hand in the ground. Right. It sounds like Ed Donatel, the new defensive coordinator is going to move Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith around. They won't necessarily just be edge rushers. They'll be rushing from, from different parts of the defensive formation. But honestly, like a defense that was not, not just below average was, was literally bad last year. You didn't really make any changes except for bringing in Zadarius Smith, who, if he's healthy, is going to be awesome. But that's a big if, considering his injury history. The fact that that's all you brought in, that's the only thing you addressed, and you're hoping, like, all right, let's just, we're going to be better. Like, I know Daniel Hunter's coming back, and, and he is another, basically, basically an addition because he, he missed 10 games last year. But it just kind of feels like running it back for the sake of running it back. And... I'm not sure it's going to work. There, there's guys that are aging out. P- Patrick Peterson is not what he once was. Harrison Smith is not what he once was. Eric Kendrick, still a really good middle linebacker, but I, I think you could argue he's in the decline of his career. He wasn't very good last year. And and if you just look across the board on the defense, that that's the story. Like they brought in Jordan Hicks. That doesn't move the needle for me as a linebacker. He's fine. I have concerns about the defense. Um, I think there is an upside there because of the edge rushers. We've talked at length about that. But say those guys were to get hurt, say those guys were to fall off, Hunter and Smith, I think the defense could be in trouble this year. And and if that's the case, the Vikings are not going to be as good as they hope to be. Yeah, so this was a defense, just to remind everybody exactly how bad it was. Um, Gave up the third most yards in the NFL. Was... Gave up the eighth most points in the NFL at 25.1 points a game. So, like, a unit that really struggled. And more importantly, a unit that really struggled at all the worst times. Um, the end of games, if a team wanted to throw the ball to come back in a game, like, it could throw the ball. Game-winning drives, um, given up in the last five minutes of games or overtimes last year. At Cincinnati, the overtime drive after Dalvin Cook's fumble. At Arizona, uh, they gave up a score in the last five minutes. Now, obviously, we remember the missed kick from Minnesota at the buzzer. But... Arizona had to score in the last final five minutes to take the lead in that game. Uh, the infamous Cooper Rush drive where he led the team down the field for Dallas to beat Minnesota at U.S. Bank. Um, at Baltimore in overtime. At Detroit, 
75 yards from Jared Goff in two minutes, ending in the game-ending touchdown on the final play of the game to Amon or St. Brown. Those are just ones where they lost. Uh, there are still games that they won where the defense coughed it up. Um, the home game against Detroit, where Greg Joseph had to make a kick on the final play of the game after Minnesota gave up two touchdowns in succession. One of those was aided by a fumble, but um, still two touchdowns to an anemic offense, especially at that point in the season. At Carolina, Minnesota wins in overtime, but only after giving up 11 points in the final five minutes, including a 96-yard drive to Sam Darnold. Um, Green Bay at home, Minnesota wins on a late field goal, but, but prior to that last drive from Minnesota, uh, the Vikings gave up a nine-second touchdown, one play, 75 yards from Harry Rodgers to MVS. And then special mention, they didn't ever actually blow the lead, but Pittsburgh game, prime time, 29-0 lead in the late third quarter. Pittsburgh had a shot to tie the game on the final play of regulation, only to have Pat Fryermuth. Yes, he had a nice hit on him, but Fryermuth got the ball in his hands in the end zone and couldn't quite hang on. Like, this defense was atrocious when it mattered most. Um, I, I saw, like... Watching Hard Knocks with Detroit, I think it was like that second week or something. Dan Campbell talked about four-minute, two-minute. And I've always thought this and hearing another coach say it. He's like, that's where you actually determine games. That's where you. That's what separates who wins and who loses. And that's it. You can be pretty bad all game defensively, but this offense can keep up. It's can you get that last stop? And they never did last year. And that's why this team missed the playoffs, frankly, because you know it's not that hard to finish seventh in the NFC. Uh, but they got beat up by Philadelphia, probably an inferior team in general, because this defense coughed up so many leads. Um, and so this unit, they have to at least be better in that. Um, and, and I know we have talked about time and again, it's it's probably going to be the pass rush, but that's going to happen. Um, this team has been so bad up front for a couple of years now. Uh, last year, ESPN's pass rush win, win rate, 34%. 29th out of 32 teams. Run stop win rate, 27%. 31st out of 32 teams. Okay, one year. 2020, 30th in pass rush win rate, 32nd in run stop win rate, dead last. Like it's it's one of the worst fronts in football. It has been, and now they're frankly they're lucky that Zadarius Smith did not sign with Baltimore as everybody thought. Um, kind of a last second change there where he ends up in Minnesota. It, it, Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith are we talk about them all the time. I think that's who we see as the only possible upside for this defense. Just in that, like 2019, I know this is a while ago, but you know these two guys were one and two respectively in pressures in the NFL, and now you have them on the same front. So if you can get them to return to form, like right there, that's a that's a significantly improved defense. But otherwise, there are questions. And we talk about Smith being the only guy and and scheme, and obviously they did use two early picks on you know Lewis Seen who isn't expected to start but is a contributor Andrew Booth Jr could easily be you know starting in that nickel spot and that is an improvement as well but um it kind of feels like a cross your fingers thing for the Vikings here that defensively they're not going to be bottom of the league it's not ideal but you can at least chalk that up to to Daniel Hunter missed the last two seasons. If that's how you want to look at it, like you can be like, all right, well, means you weren't any good up the middle either, but yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at. But like, you were not like, you need to win up front too. You you don't just always win pass rush off the edge. Like you, you can get a push up front. I I will say we've kind of glossed over the Harrison Phillips signing. Like that could end up being helpful. Like he was a, he's a run stopper in Buffalo and you can't read it too much in the preseason, but I think he played like five snaps and he had like two TFLs. So against probably backups. So we'll, we'll reference that, but he's someone who could help 
But it, it again, is Harrison Phillips changing life up front? I don't think so. They were so bad against the run that they do need somebody to kind of take control of that. So I guess if you look at the addition of Harrison Phillips up the middle, Daniil Hunter and Darius Smith on the edge or wherever they're rushing from in the formation, you could convince themselves that they're going to be better, but like you're just betting on hope at that point. Honestly, like we don't know anything. We haven't seen anything to prove that they're going to be better. I know that generally doesn't happen to the regular season anyway, especially with how little the preseason is being used for evaluation purposes nowadays. But with this Vikings defense and really with the Vikings team as a whole, a lot of this season is being, well, hopefully the, the coaching change works because we didn't change much. So that that's where you're at, like with this defense in particular, I think, because I think the offense has the bones to be good. The defense, I'm, I'm not so sure. Like the starters are one thing. The depth is even more concerning for me, right? Yeah, right. We talked about that. Like, it's not existent. I mean, it's not existent. I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and like Brian Asamoah had, had an awesome training camp, but I think everyone would agree. Like, if he's playing meaningful snaps this year, like if he's playing, if he has to step in and fill the void for an Eric Kendricks or a Jordan Hicks, there's going to be a significant drop off. And that's nothing against Brian Asamoah. He's probably going to be a pretty good player in the league. He looks like it, certainly, with the way he flies around. But he's not ready to step into a starting role in the NFL. I think you can say that about pretty much all of these twos. Troy Dye, we, we've talked at length about his training camp and how it was really disappointing. Patrick Jones was a third-round pick last year for the Vikings coming off of the edge. We know nothing about him. He had a good training camp, but that's against your teammates. That's against He's, he's, he's looked good sometimes in one-on-one drills against Garrett Bradbury. Like, you know, like I, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, do it for me in a game, and then we can talk about this actual depth. I guess in the secondary, like the rookies that you brought in, you you hope that that augments the depth because Lewis Seen, like you mentioned, and Andrew Booth Jr. will not be starting to start the year. Lewis Seen, because he's clearly not ready to be better than Cam Bynum. Andrew Booth Jr. maybe would have won that cornerback job, but he got hurt in training camp. He's still dealing with an ankle injury. Um, those two guys might give you some sort of hope for down the road, but I keep saying hope because that's really all you're operating with, with this defense right now. You're hoping they're better. There's no proof they're going to be. The one thing I think you can hold on to as a Vikings fan. And like, I don't want to downplay Daniel Hunter. Like we talk about, yes, there's risk. Will he stay healthy? If he does, that is a massive difference. Like even just last year, the Vikings as a team, 33.5% presser percentage when Daniel Hunter was on the field for sharp football. That's a really good number. Um, and frankly, as a team for the year, they dipped down to 26%. And that's factoring in when Hunter was on the field. So when he's off the field, you know, you're looking at a team that's like 21, 22% pressure percentage. So like, it's a huge difference. You're getting home, you know, at least one more time out of 10 when Daniel Hunter's on the field. And that can be the difference in a game. So like, if you have him, if you have Smith, like, that instantly does make you significantly better in the pass rush. And we're not just assuming injuries. Like the reality is out of Hunter and Smith, one of them probably gets through the season um, pretty well unscathed. And if they both do, well, then that's a home run for you. Uh, the other units, like you talked about Jordan Hicks. I don't want to downplay that. I really like Jordan Hicks as a player. Um, I think between Kendricks and Hicks, 
Minnesota is pretty well set at linebacker. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked those linebackers, those two right there, as <laughs> the fifth best linebacking core in the NFL. Um, and Kendricks wasn't quite as good last year. I think we all kind of saw that the, the advanced numbers back it up a little bit, but. Still, like, there's no reason why he should be dipping off in, at this point in his career. I think he's still got a lot of good football left. It's the secondary where I have more questions, like Harrison Smith, 33, Patrick Peterson, 32. It's like, okay, is there a good football left there? Mm-hmm. Um, are we about to see drop-offs there? Can Peterson hold up for over the course of the season? Can he be a guy who's shutting down the other team's best receivers still at this point in his career? I'm not sure. Um, and that's another reason why the pass rush comes into play because I'm not sold on this secondary. Um, usually a reliance on rookies in the secondary doesn't always work out for NFL teams. So it is something where like, I see a ton of variance in this defense of like, here's where it could go good. And here's where it could go terrible. I could see them on both ends of the spectrum, but I think good still means like 13th or 14th best, like as it's ceiling. 